All right, let's see what bullshit was happening in the world in 2002. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that doesn't tell you to put five fish in your mouth, but doesn't stop you when you put five fish in your mouth. <laughs> I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, how many fish can you fit in your mouth? Depends how drunk you get me. <laughs> what happens if one of them actually swallowed one of the fish? Then... Do they just have to get in the bin? <laughs> yeah, just throw yourself in the bin. Uh, <laughs> That is a question that I did not think about. I just thought about it now when you, I was like, I was thinking of the logistics of getting five mm-hmm. fish in your mouth. I was like, mm-hmm. those silver ones, you really could have accidentally swallowed. They were, they were pretty small. Pretty slimy. <laughs> Jared, how are you doing? How was, how was your week? I guess your couple days since I've seen yeah, you last. No, I'm okay. Um, you know those weeks where you just take L after L after L? It's, I'm aware. It's one of those. Okay. It's fine. Sorry to hear that. I'm not going to go into it. It's okay. It'll get better eventually. <laughs> Yeah, I am still running on the, all right, everything's clicking at the same time. It's the panic mode, and eventually I will crash. But I didn't ask you. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I did go to C2E2 today, this I morning. did not. You did not. And I bailed. You bail. I gave you the option to bail. Sure. So I'm not putting this on you. <sighs> no, I just did the math of like when I would have another moment to like, breathe if I went and I was like no I, I need that morning but it aligns with one of our philosophies in the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast which is take fucking care of yourself yeah we're <laughs> do as we say not as we do take care of yourself please yeah but there was a lot of cool a lot of nerds hanging out in one room that was kind of cool a lot of cool vendors I could have spent a lot of time and a lot of money I'm very glad I didn't go for that reason although <laughs> I would have spent so much money I'm not the kind of person, though, to, like, fangirl over people. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know who they would have to put in one of those meet-and-greet booths for me to be like, I am paying money to go meet this person. Agreed. I don't even really care that much about panels unless it's something that I'm interested in. Yeah. It's like, I'm not I'm not there for the people on the panels. I'm there for what project they might be working on. I have, I feel the same way. Like, I don't really fangirl about people. I might fangirl about projects. Yeah. But, like, so, it's a human being. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, I care as much as I care about most other human beings. Like, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I'm not... Sure, they might... Like, I'm interested in the things that they're saying, but I don't idolize them. Yeah. And I, I don't feel like those situations lend themselves to, like, you getting to know them or you exactly. getting, like, a good interaction with them. It's just, you walk in... You maybe get a hug and like a 30 second conversation and then they're like, okay, next, bye. And it's performative. And I just yeah. don't care about things that are performative. Yeah. So it's not for me. Yeah. But I I went to PAX years and years and years ago, probably like a decade ago at this point. PAX would be fun. PAX is fun because you get your hands on new games. Okay. Before yeah. they come out. You get to play demos. You get there's something to interact with mm-hmm. versus like a Comic Con that is like, cool, meet the people, maybe see some trailers, but like they're gonna go online tomorrow or maybe the same day. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was fun. It was fun. Will I do it again? Probably. I say all of that and like it is for some people. Like some yeah. people that tickles a specific itch in their brain and like good for those people. Yeah. Like, no judgment. <laughs> it's just it's not I don't get the same serotonin. Here's my question. 
what is the price threshold where Jeff Probst is at one of these things that you would be like, okay, I'll fork out that to go like take a picture with Jeff Probst. I don't care about taking a picture with Jeff Probst. I hate taking pictures. So you have to be paid in this scenario? I If it was free, if it came with yeah, your I ticket. Would, how long would I wait in line? Less than 30 minutes. Yeah, I'd probably do that. Those lines were pretty short. Yeah, that'd be I'm fine. I'm sure a free one would be a longer line. Sure. No, yeah, I I don't care. Like if I, now if you were like, pay a hundred bucks and you get to have like a five minute conversation with Jeff, maybe because then I want to like ask him questions, but he's not going to answer them anyway. Sure. So well, he might answer them. You're right. He might. Sometimes you can pick out answers from what they don't say. Jeff, I think despite what CBS wants him to be, feels like a pretty open book. I mean, he has nothing to lose. He really does they not. They can't replace him. He is, I mean, he is producing this shit now. Like, yeah. Unless he does something where CBS is like, no, we need to remove him or the show is canceled. Yeah, like, we're, we're talking heinous sex crimes. Yeah, like, cancel that man. Would, and I just don't see it happening. No. He is very protective of the brand and very protective of himself. So, yeah. But he can say do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> I do appreciate, though, in the his podcast, he has a section of, this is the title of the segment, Tell us why I suck. I love that. Tell, tell me why I suck. <laughs> they have a theme song to it and everything. That's so good. It's like, okay. it That helps a lot because I'm sure people feel like he's out of touch after all this time. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes into making the sausage. And I, I'm sure that's a fun thing that they get to do. I haven't yeah. listened to the podcast. Obviously, I can't listen to the podcast. No. It'll spoil some things <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah. So, yeah, leave that alone. <laughs> cool. Anything you want to say before we get into the episode? Bring is sprungin', baby. Springin', sprungin', bumperin'. Alright, so this episode came out on October 17th of 2002. This was also a pretty light week as far as history goes. I'm going to pull out two things. One was... Jimmy Carter gets the Nobel Prize mm -hmm. the next day after the last episode aired. So I don't know how they deal Nobel Prizes out, like in which categories. He's more deserving than other presidents that have gotten Nobel Peace Prizes. That's fair. Do you <laughs> do you know that like Obama uses that Nobel Peace Prize thing as like a running joke? No, no, I didn't. Because he was even he was like, "This is silly. Why am I? Getting, I'm getting a Nobel Peace Prize for being black and getting elected." Yeah, like I didn't actually do anything yet. This is like, you know, right when he started his presidency. So there's an interview where, and he's made the joke a couple times, where somebody like asks him like, what's the Nobel Peace Prize for? He goes, to be honest, I still don't know. I still can't <laughs> tell you. So I, funny. I want to, like, I'll give the Nobel Committee, like, the props. Like, yes, it is a huge thing and w changed the course of America. However... He's right. He didn't do shit. Yeah, he had been president for like three months when they gave it to him. It's <laughs> wild. And then another one that nobody's going to know, but I think is really interesting and a little fun fact. Bibliotheca Alexandrina in the Egyptian city of Alexandria, a commemoration of the Library of Alexandria that was lost in antiquity is officially inaugurated. Hmm. I mean, like, a, I don't know how much we know about it. Not everything. That's Clearly. for sure. Yeah. But a commemoration. That's cool. Okay. The number one song is Dilemma by Nelly featuring Kelly Rowland. I think that's been one previously, it hasn't has, it? It has, and it yeah. came back. So it came back. 
came it comes back around. It feels like in the first season, first two seasons, songs changed a lot more. I don't yeah. know what changed in the music industry from there, but we got lazy. I guess so. And then I'm gonna save the the fifth movie because it's the only one that's new. Oh, I guess the transporter is new too. Have you ever seen the transporter? No. That's pretty good. Okay. My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Sweet Home Alabama, and Red Dragon. But number five was Brown Sugar, a black rom-com. Okay. It's rated okay. It's like 60%-ish, like 60 to 70%. How old do you have to be to get into a movie that's rated okay? I <laughs> uh, used to be a boomer. Okay. There's so many people who appreciate Shit. them. That's okay. it. All right. That's all she wrote. Cool. Oh, it does have an audience score of 90. So the critics liked it significantly less than audiences. All right, then. All right. Cool. Then, before we get to the episode, I just want to, like, spitball with you a little bit here Uh about how do you feel about one picks that you made at the start of the season? (laughs) But more more importantly, how do you feel about, like, the character assumptions that you've made so far (laughs) this season? Uh, Okay. Wow. Yeah. So the picks, I mean, I made one pick. Yeah. Well, I was going back and forth between Stephanie and Helen Mm -hmm. for possible winners. Yeah. Obviously, I'm going to pick a new person because, yeah. Yeah. Helen, I actually could see, but I don't think it's very likely at this point. Boy, did I have anyone's character assumption from the first episode, right? (laughs) Well, okay, Rob's. Rob is who he is, and he showed us who he was right away. Yep. Sheehan, I think I was pretty right on. Pretty spot on. Jan? (laughs) That might be it. (laughs) Oh, no, because Aaron, I said, who is that? And still I'm saying, who is that? Who is that? That's it. I like Jake. Jake is growing on me. Uh And I think that now in the context of how he's behaved in the rest of the episodes, him picking all of the younger people isn't as creepy, or the younger women especially isn't as creepy, because he was just going for this physically dominating tribe. Yep. And he was successful. He got it. Boy, everyone, like... I, Ken, I hate it. I was like, well, I didn't have anything against Ken. I was like, he's a cop. Yeah. Fuck cops. But Ken is maybe my favorite guy on this season, if not Jake. Mm-hmm. I hate everyone on Chewy Gone. I hate <laughs> all the men on Chewy Gone. Like, yeah, I was wrong about all of them. It's it's fun for me. It really is. Just watching this all go up in flames. I mean, episode one are gut reactions. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you got what you should have gotten out of that. For the most part. Like, some things were stretches. Yeah. But they didn't show us who they were, and then they showed us who they were, and it's not pretty. Yeah, and some of those, like, episode one reactions are literally, what does their headshot look like? Because they made no impact on the show in episode one whatsoever. (laughs) Correct. And that's why I think I like our our episode ones. That's fun. It's fun. I should probably listen to some of them. We have... (laughs) We have other people who come in and also make fun assumptions... Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. I'm gonna save your... I don't remember if you committed to anyone. I'm gonna save your new winner pick till the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. Episode 5, The Ocean Surprise. (laughs) Ah, yes. The most important thing that happened this episode. That had no impact at all and lasted, like, 20 seconds. Yeah. Ugh. I get the the name. No! I get it now. It's not just Rob. Yeah. It's the boat. Correct. (laughs) Surprise, baby. (laughs) That's more Ted being a fucking idiot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get into that. First off, we have a a bit of an elephant in the room here. Just every episode recaps, like, a confrontation between 
uh, Ted and Gondia. Like, no. <laughs> okay. it's, it's bigger than that. Well, first elephant in the room. There are now two elephants in the room. Two, if you're watching this on Paramount Plus. Oh, yes. There's a problem. The the first, I want to say five. It's five to ten minutes. It's after, It's definitely more than five minutes, but it's less than ten. Yeah, the first five minutes of the episode, the video quality is so bad that it's almost unwatchable. It made me start to feel nauseous. Yeah. Because it's, it's constantly dropping frames. It looks like a football game keeps trying to like pop in. Like <laughs> at one point, I swear I saw the NFL like Fox. Oh really? Yeah, in the top right corner. Which makes me wonder, are they just ripping these from somebody's videotapes? Like, did someone, like, lose a... Well, they made DVD box sets of all of these. They did. So how do you not just pull it from the DVDs? I don't know. There's a lot going on here. If if you're following along with us on Paramount+, Plus, this is our <laughs> This is our season, our annual season Fuck Paramount Plus <laughs> yeah. reminder. But if, like, the archive doesn't exist, and it should exist, is that the best we got? It's the worst it's been so far. Hopefully it's the worst it is at all. And then I noticed afterwards, once it stops skipping, Mm -hmm. it feels like this episode has the highest definition of any episode. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know why that would be. I don't either. Or it's just the juxtaposition of awful quality. Like, oh, suddenly I can see everything. Wild. (laughs) Okay. Into the episode, we start off with Clay, and boy, do we start off with Clay. Clay's going in hot, saying, we know that Gandia manipulated Jan. But we didn't know how much. Yeah. He's so taken Fuck aback Clay. that anyone would vote for him. I, I really don't want Clay to make the jury. He's probably going to, because I think we're getting pretty close to a merge. Sure. But... Ugh, I don't have to listen to that <laughs> fucking asshole anymore. It's kind of gross. Everything that comes out of his mouth, he's trying to one-up himself with the sexism. <laughs> and just like, I don't know, there's a, there's a ceiling somewhere. We haven't found it yet. At least Ted shut up. Yeah. Like, Ted should be gone, unequivocally, but at least now I don't have to watch Ted talk about it anymore. Yeah. I agree. But Clay... He's just going to keep finding new ways to be gross. Yeah. Yep. So we we open at Chewy Gone, and then we flip over to Suk Jai, where we're we're a chicken murdering. We're right, a chicken murdering. Right away. We got we get the the roosters crowing right away in the morning, and we're like, boom, now's the time. Let's murder a chicken. Stephanie and Jake. Yeah. Done. I also love the shot of Rob laying next to the campfire. His face is turned towards the camera. His mouth is just open. And he's just passed the fuck out while they're doing this right next to him. <laughs> None the wiser. We just snapped a living being's neck. He got hard and he didn't know why. <laughs> so we we take care of the chicken. We boil the chicken. We're uh, eating leathery chicken. Boiled chicken. Yeah. Pan fry it. Yes, I agree. Other he- other seasons, they've done that. They they have the walk, so I they could absolutely do that. I just I don't know. I don't know why why that's the easier option. Because they're bad at being on Survivor. Most I, people that try are bad at being on Survivor. I guess they're good at challenges, but they are bad at the show. The only thing to me that makes it difficult to pan fry is that they would have had to clean it much more thoroughly. Yeah, you're right. They they would have to like cut out all the things that they didn't want that 
Yeah, it's safer. You're right. You're right. Meh. But who am I to judge? Speaking of people who like to judge, we, we're we eating it. We're around the, the chicken, and Rob is just going off on Hey, Gian. Steven, Asian people eat weird, don't they? That's this whole scene. It, That's what the show's trying to say. It's it's gross. Yeah. And not in the gross that Rob thinks it is. Like, First of all, didn't expect Rob to be a germaphobe. Yeah. That was a weird thing. Secondly, like, sure. Should, could Shean not be, like, licking her fingers and then immediately going back into the communal food? I can understand that to a certain extent. But you're also, like, y'all can't bathe. Yeah. You can't wash your hands. You yeah. sleep in dirt. Like, why is this the line for you? Yeah. I don't get it. Except I... for xenophobia. But also, like, as somebody who's also a bit of a germaphobe sometimes, like, the is like... Oh, that is, I really don't like the saliva on the hands touching things, but like, they, it rides this line between being like, there's sometimes where some people that aren't Rob are talking about it. I'm like, yeah, I can see why that would be, that'd be gross for you. And there's times where I'm like, this is getting a little, like, when you're judging, like, eating the heart and, like, the liver yeah. and stuff. Like, that's all edible. It's absolutely edible. She's not asking you to eat it. It's good protein. Exactly. Okay. You have a problem with someone licking their fingers, touching the food, fine. Speak up. That's an yeah. easy thing to fix. If you're going to go off on a racist rant about, like, she's eating chicken neck and heart and liver, like, why? It doesn't matter to you. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't impact you. Uh, whatever. I just... Point of cultural insensitivity. Yep. Yeah, and even worse, you are in Asia! Yeah. You are... You are here! <laughs> Like, she, I think she mentioned she grew up in Taiwan for a little while in this episode. I thought, I think it was Taiwan. I don't remember. It's a very brief sentence in a confessional. I don't remember. I remember, didn't she go to Taiwan, or Thailand at some point? I don't remember. It, it's, she mentioned it for, like, a sentence. But it's like, guys, you're where she is. Like, her family is mm-hmm. from. Like, these are the, if you had had the Red Berets, they might have shown you that this is the way to eat a chicken. <laughs> Like, come on. This is the way. <laughs> These are all the parts that are edible, and she knows, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So we go from that, and then we flip back over to Chewigan, and food is tough. It is hard to find any food. And they are just idling in the boat with the net, and being like, yeah, we just have to hope some fish swim into our net. But, like, we're only... We're less than a week out from the Red Berets showing up and showing them how to find <laughs> yeah. food. They're not doing those things. The women are. are we they? saw okay. last episode that they were making a walk. The women were making a walk last episode. Right. We didn't see it this episode, but I assume the same stuff is happening. There's, they're still supplying 99% of the food. The men are doing this thing where they struggle to find food. They're doing the same thing over and over again and mm-hmm. not adjusting their methods by any way. Hey, Stephen, what's it? remember Sarah from Marquesas? Yeah. What's the difference between her and Ted? I don't know. Hardly anything. <laughs> like, when I saw Ted, like, just, like, laying back in the boat and doing nothing, I was like, that could be Sarah. Mm-hmm. Like, the only difference is that Ted has, instead of Sarah just being useless, Ted has ruined someone's game and assaulted them. Yeah, I was, I was, hold on, that was gonna be after you were done talking. The, the uh, sexual assault. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Nothing good. There's no good, he has not done nothing positive for his team. I mean, he's probably better at the challenges than Sarah was. Sure. That's it. He, by being a, by being loud and being like the leader of his tribe, has made himself seem less useless. 
And even Clay points it out in this episode. Even fucking Clay says something. Yeah. I also wrote down that Brian in this scene seems like a misogynistic Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Please describe more about this. Well, he's just like got the slick back hair. He's like, I could see him going like, all right, all right, all right. Like while he's like in Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm here to not listen to any of the ladies. What sucks is his speech about the way to play the game is actually pretty good. Tell me more about that because it's coming up. The, like, you got to know when to make waves, when to sit back, you got to make as many friends as possible. Like, I don't remember all the things he listed, but when he was saying it, I was like, fuck, Brian could win this game with that mentality. Yeah. So they're, they're out fishing, and Ted and Brian are out fishing, with quotation marks. They're yeah. trying their best. And, yeah, Ted's like, hey, I want to work with you, and I want to, like, go to the end of the game with you. And Brian's sitting there thinking, I don't think that's a good idea. But I'm not going to say that to him. Yeah. Of course you're not. <laughs> and Brian plays it super politically. He's like, yeah, it's good to have as many friends as possible. <laughs> uh, Ted's to the point of swearing on his daughter that he's with Brian. Yeah, well, do the women in Ted's life actually mean anything to him? <laughs> I'm sure his daughter means something to him. I just fucking hate Ted. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so that happens. And then we get the beach episode. Kind of. <laughs> it, it sucks that Chewygon is the more interesting tribe, but all of them are, or all the men are reprehensible. And we every time we're at Soup Jai, it's just mostly boring. Yeah. The the problem is there's no there's no unity at Soup Jai. Yeah. They all kind of hate each other and they're all like play, they're all on like a varsity basketball team together, but like they don't talk or communicate. Yeah. Like they're a very good team, but boy are they a terrible tribe. <laughs> you you go out, you absolutely dominate, you win the game, you go to the locker room and nobody says anything. Yeah. They pack up, they shower, and they leave. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> so anyway, beach episode. Everyone's going out for a swim because they got nothing to do. And uh, Rob screamed, but we didn't we didn't worry too much about it because that's just normal Rob. Valid, <laughs> says Jake. <laughs> they don't explain what happens to him. Nobody has like a definitive answer. The idea they think it's like a he stepped on a stingray or, or something. Or kicked a stingray in yeah. the wave, yeah. Doesn't look fun. No. No. I kind of expected medical to get involved, because they were like, we don't know if this is poisonous, like or venomous. I don't know which one's which. Yeah. No, medical in early game Survivor seems a little too chill. Yeah, they're like, ah, just rub some dirt in it, it'll be You're fine. You're fine. You're good. <laughs> and he was. He was I, maybe a... they consulted. Maybe they like radioed back or something. And medical's like, yep, sounds like a stingray. It's, you're good. <laughs> yeah, I, and that's that's all that happens. We we get him out it of the water. Goes nowhere. <laughs> it's never mentioned again. We don't see like him, his foot bothering him anywhere in the episode. It isn't a point of... They bring it up as, like, uh, the Sheehan versus Rob bit here. Yeah, again. Again, where... Well, this time, Sheehan going after him in, our, in her confessional. I mean, like, he's just sitting there crying and whining like a baby. And... I mean, he went after her quite a bit. No, I know. And so I do love Sheehan going after Rob. Okay. But Rob's not on the chopping block. Rob right. is not a possible person this episode to be voted for. So this scene feels so useless. <laughs> You got a good point there. I, oh. I can't argue with that. Also, I want more Penny. 
every we've gotten little glimpses of Penny, and every time we do, she's great. Your face is doing something. I don't know why it's doing it. No, I'm just laughing because I, I have the quote, Penny, being aware of your surroundings is key. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, Penny, thanks. She says she says the most like devious things with a smile and yeah. and underneath another message. It's, it's pretty it's great. Yeah. Like I said, we need more Penny. We need more Penny. That happens. And then Chewie Gun does this thing where we, we wake up and there's no boat. There's no boat. We've we've lost our boat. Survivor has shown us that the boat is float has floated away. Survivor knows where the boat is. Survivor absolutely knows where the boat is. Do you think they pulled it onto the other island? No. I just thought about that. No. Well, ooh. Cause they probably don't want it to get all the way out. I don't think they I don't did. think they would either. Because I feel like they have a pretty laissez-faire, like, hands-off. Yeah. I'm not touching the game's the game. Anything. Except for the monkey that they apparently had to camp someone back <laughs> to protect against. Yeah, I think they just kind of let it float. They're, they're going to film it, let it go, and then, uh, I don't know, maybe somebody keep track of it in case we, that comes up later. Wild. <laughs> this, these tribes are so fucking useless. <laughs> yeah. So, Ted wakes up. And he he looks around, and he's like, Betsy ran away. And I guess they named the boat Betsy. And or he did, because Brian didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. It's true. He goes up to Brian, and he's like, yeah, Betsy ran away. He's like, what? Who's Betsy? The, the, the boat. Betsy ran away. It's tried, man. <laughs> but don't... Shit. Ted walking around taking zero, even the way he phrased it, zero responsibility. He's the one who tied up the boat. Don't worry, he swears he secured it up to the rocks, though. Oh, good. Yeah, that's fine, then. Then it was magic. Like, Ted, it's you. You're the problem in this situation. It's me, hi. Again, Ted just walked around taking zero responsibility for any of this. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, this is funny, because this is everyone, like, kind of ragging on him, but not ragging on him. And Clay, is, Clay calls it out in confessional. He's like, if that was me, Ted would be walking around being like, Clay, you lost the boat. Clay, you lost the boat. I almost wonder, I mean, Jan probably would have gone home if Chewie Gon had gone to tribal, but they, they might have been turned. The girls might have been able to swing Clay. How much of that is Clay looking in on himself versus the little bit of racism that peaked out? I think it, it could be part of that. I wouldn't put it past Clay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it, it seemed to be more rooting somebody who like chastises others and doesn't take responsibility for their own actions, which is something we've seen Ted do throughout the season so far. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Can't argue with that. I do kind of wish I had the Futurama what if machine where I could see what would happen if other people lost the boat. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it would be pretty great. He Helen's reaction is my favorite because it's the most relatable to me. She goes off on the, he lost the boat? How did he lose the boat? And then composes herself. <laughs> and then, like, tries to rein it in. But she's clearly like, the fuck? Yeah. How do you do that? It has been, like, a week. Seven days since. So, like, in the last seven days on Chewy Gone, we've had a sexual assault, mm -hmm. a giant blow up around that, mm -hmm. getting rid of the person, of the victim... Losing most of the challenges. Yeah. And then losing your boat. What a disaster. Which, tribe. it cannot be understood that this is the way that you get water. Yeah. This is not just like a, oh, now we can't fish. That, your water source is by boat. Yeah, that's a problem. How the fuck? 
<laughs> also, how bad is this tide that now both tribes have lost something to the ocean? Uh, so, Survivor does a pan, and they show us where the boat is, and it's really far away. It's at another island. Yeah. there, There's an island, I want to say, about a mile or two offshore, and it went out and around and is sitting in the bay of that island. Next episode, they're apparently going to go try and get it. That is true. They're going to go do that. Wild, zany adventure of do a bunch of... Do you think they find it? It's a good question, because it is, like, straight out. Like, if they swim straight out okay. to that island, they will see it. Okay. So that would be, like, the that would be the natural place to go and look. But it's so far, I just can't see them being willing to try to go that far. It, I think it might depend on how hard it was to get water. Sure. Like, I can't quantify how difficult that was. It also seems like it's only the men that go, and Helen and Jan want nothing to do with it. And Helen's a good swimmer. Does not seem like many of the men are good swimmers. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say probably not. Yeah. And then we get an, a nice little setup here that... Clay comes over and is talking about how uh, I would go for a hamburger and fries right now. I would have a hamburger over sex right now. I really want that hamburger. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Like, you're starving. You know, the triangle of needs, my guy. Also tell us you don't get laid very much without telling us that you don't get laid very much. Yeah. When you're like, ooh, I need sex so bad, but like I need food a little bit more. Yeah. I'm sorry, my dude. But I need to eat to survive. Yeah. I don't need the sex to survive. Correct. That is a procreation thing. <laughs> Someone else needs my sex to survive. But we'll talk about that in future generations. Ah, I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> if, you're li- if you're my child and you're listening to this in the future... <laughs> Put it back! Stop! Stop now! <laughs> anyway, Jan runs over with some money. It's like, hey, y'all, we got... Uh, 200, 400, 600, and they're like, what, what are we using the money for, Jan? 800, <laughs> $1,000! I could buy so many things with all this money. Jan, do you remember you're here for a million dollars? <laughs> I got $1,000 in $20 bill. Jan, Jan, what, what's the note say? <laughs> Jan, what's the note say? <laughs> She's like, bye, I'm leaving. I'm gonna walk out of here with $1,000. Oh Jan, my God. Jan! And then she reads the note, and it's just the, it's, hey, there's gonna be an auction. Team auction is weird. Team auction is weird. I don't I like don't, it as much. I don't like it either. Yeah. There's only two options of who wins, so Correct. bidding is not good. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> anyway, it's the survivor auction. And part of me, I know this wasn't the case, but part of me is like, you should auction off the boat. <laughs> Oh my god, that would have been hilarious. It would have been so funny, because the other team can do one of two things. They can either, like, try to raise that bid to get them to buy that boat, which they clearly don't need, or just buy the boat from them and screw them over, and they have no boat. I think that would have been perfect, but here we are. (laughs) Before we get into any bidding, Jeff's like, hey, nobody talked for 60 seconds, but I'm going to give you a deal. And you can take this deal, but you cannot talk to anybody. You have the option, if you so choose, and this is an individual decision, to switch tribes. And everyone goes, hmm? The the butt clenches. Okay, who's going to do it? (sighs) (laughs) 
I like the attempt, mm-hmm. but it, it it's never going to work. I mean, maybe not never, but you need someone to break the dam, first of all. Correct. But second of all, if you're in, if you're in the tribe you've been on, odds are, even if you're on the bottom, you might not know you're on the bottom, or even if you feel that you're on the bottom, there's a chance to pivot. Mm-hmm. If you go to the other tribe, you're on the bottom by default. Yeah. Especially because they don't really know anything about each other's tribes. It's fair. But later on in the episode, we definitely have a few people that were like, fuck, I should have did that. Yeah, no, I know. And and I think if maybe if one of them had, maybe more people would have. Yeah. But it's... I just don't see anyone ever... And I'm, the people are probably going to be like, oh, this season, this season, this season, they did this and it sure. worked. But it doesn't... It doesn't feel like it's incentivizing at this mm-hmm. point in the game. Because if you're Stephanie, uh-huh. who's somebody who... I mean, she gets voted off this episode. Clearly, she should have switched. Correct. First of all, you're probably... You know your tribe's been winning more challenges. Mm-hmm. You are more likely to go to tribal council. So anyone on Sukjai, switching would be kind of dumb. Unless they feel like they are 100% the next person to go. Sure. And on Chewigon, I mean, really the only person who should have swapped was Jan. Yes. Really, I kind of wish Helen would have done it too. Like, Jan and Helen just go over and... But, like, what does Survivor do at that point? It's a tribe of, like... Nine and a tribe of three? Yeah. You play the game, I guess. I guess. Like you said, Stephanie should have. And yeah. that's, I mean, that just by being voted out this episode, Stephanie should have. I will reserve my judgment for the other one that they highlighted, Xi'an, mm-hmm. for later. Yeah. Because I, I don't want you to know where that goes. Well, and, and so far it seems like Xi'an is the target on Sukjai, but mm-hmm. for the people that keep getting voted off. Mm-hmm. So I don't think she's in much in, in as much danger as she thinks she is. Or as the show is trying to make us think she is. Sure. I see what you're saying. Because like, oh yeah, like you've, get, you've gotten votes from Rob each time, but like Rob hasn't won a vote yet. Mm-hmm. Stephanie and Jed, but they're both gone. Yeah. So... Your enemies are falling, so maybe you're actually in a pretty good spot. I guess I can't put it this way. Do you think that Xi'an would have gone home had Stephanie switched and nobody else did? Ooh, that is a good question. No. Okay. I think Rob would have. You think Rob would have? Okay. I think the other the other ones are maybe not a tight alliance, but there's like an unspoken alliance that Rob is too dumb to see. Sure. That he's not on the inside of. Gotcha. Okay. And he's lazy, and part of what Jake said about liking Sheehan so much is that she works. Yeah. She's a good worker. So, and Jake seems to still be the leader of his tribe. Makes sense to me. Yep. All right. Well, nobody switched, so let's do an auction, baby. <laughs> we start the bidding with hamburger and fries, and somewhere Clay got an erection. <laughs> but didn't win it. Yeah, they did not win it. I have all the list of things here, as we've done in previous auctions. Feel free to highlight anything as I go through this list. Hamburger fries, 120 bucks to Sukjai. A pitcher of limeade, $20. The best deal of the game. Like, clearly it's not a sustaining thing. But you lost your easy way to get water. So actually, that is huge for them to get hydrated right then. Is it, though? I feel like that's a... A, a dehydrating substance. No, it's mostly water and sugar. Sure. I, it's the sugar that gets me. I think sugar dehydrates. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not a dietitian. Got your electrolytes. Yeah. Plants crave. <laughs> you know that... 
President Colmacho would be so happy. But also, it's 20 bucks. Yeah. Like, it was literally free. Raise it to 40. Just make someone <laughs> do it. Anyway, 20 to Chewy Gun. We have a mystery prize. 80. Would you take the first mystery prize? Would I have? Yeah. At 80? Yeah. Yeah, I probably would have bid up to 100. Yeah. But I was, I was going back and forth on whether I thought it'd be a good or a bad thing. I was like, the first one, if they do more than one, this one's probably going to be the bad one. So, but even that, like, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't awful. It was, it was baked grubs. And the fact that they were baked is like... Baked and seasoned. Exactly. A step up from anything that they've done in these mysteries that are terrible. Stephanie said it tasted like mushrooms. Yeah. Like, it probably would have been pretty good protein. I don't know. I I would have probably eaten it. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than the Australian river water. God. That you can't even drink right then because it's not boiled. Uh, yeah. So, Suchai gets that. And Stephanie goes in. And then we have spaghetti and meatballs and garlic bread. And this is our most expensive item. And it should have been. It looked uh-huh. delicious. It, it looks, looks so, so good. good. $400 to Chewy Gun. I want to point out something here real quick. Go on. And eventually we'll stop railing on the men of Chewy Gun's misogyny. No. Maybe we won't. Clay is the one who gets the first bite and he twirls it, or, twirls it correctly or whatever and Jeff comments that like, oh yeah, like you're well-versed or something. And he says, and I wrote down exactly, I got me an Italian wife. <laughs> he did. He did say that. And verbiage here is important, uh-huh. right? Not I've got an Italian wife. Not... My wife is Italian. I got I me. got me an Italian wife. Correct. There is ownership in that statement. Exactly. And that's the kind of stuff people tell on themselves. And we don't need Clay. Clay's told on himself the entire season. Correct. But just like how it is baked in to the language that Clay casually uses to talk about his wife. Like I said, we're not kicking the grave, but man, he's setting us up for this. The, the Clay we see in this episode, or in this season, is a bad person yeah. towards women. I like, agree. and I'm not going to pretend he's not, just because he's dead. Yeah. So, the rest of his life, who knows? Who's to say? Who's to say? We have a second mystery prize, 200 to Sukhjai, and it's a hot fudge sundae. That's a good mystery prize. That's a pretty good mystery prize. Yeah. Get you some energy, get you some sugar. And then our final item, nachos for 320 to Chewigan. But, there's also margaritas! And they clearly did not know this was the last item. No. But yes, margaritas, and to which somebody says, are those alcoholic? And Jeff <laughs> says, ain't nothing version about them. Jeff? Jeff, I'm going to need you to rephrase that, please. Jeff, did you fuck the margaritas? <laughs> can we get a second take of that? <laughs> Jeff, I don't like that. Jeff, can we rephrase that in any other way? Yeah, big yikes on that one. So, and that's it. And then he's like, no more items. We're gone. Enjoy. And then we get a very, very slight thing here that where Jan's like, Jan knows she's next. I maybe should have done that. Whatever. Okay, we got to go get water. And Ted's like, you're going to get water on a challenge day? Yeah, Ted. People got to drink water, my guy. Ted, Ted, we have no water. We need to go get the water. But it's a challenge day. Yeah, and Helen's like, you have to stay hydrated <laughs> on a challenge day. You might pass out. A, a big a big yikes. And so Brian and Helen swam it over, and it looks so hard. Yeah. Swimming with those tanks. Thankfully, the tanks seem to float. Yes, they are buoyant. So they can, like, use it and just kind of idly paddle. I imagine they're less buoyant. On the way back? The yeah. Way back. Yep, yeah. they sure are. I mean, it's filled with water. It's essentially... 
like a water tank, but. Yeah, but on the way there, you can probably put like most of your weight on it. On the way back, you probably can't put that much weight on it. That's a good point. Yeah. And then we go right into immunity. Yeah. We front loaded this episode, so reward immunity. Did some <laughs> Thailand fisherman trick production into <laughs> doing his job for the week? What is this challenge? So, we are sorting fish. That is the challenge. We have a big bucket of, not even a bucket, like a bin of fish and ice. And they just have to sort the fish. And it's so dumb. Do you think this challenge was planned from the beginning? Yes, unfortunately. Okay. I do too, unfortunately. There's now, because the tribes are so fucked, I'm like, I'm, I'm looking for pivots. I'm looking like, where did they pivot challenges? Just for my own amusement. I think this one probably wasn't there from the beginning. I expected so much more from the challenges this season with all the time they had. Yeah. And this season's challenges are worse than Marquesas. Yeah. The fact that you had the time, you could have planned so much out, you could have pre-built. Yeah. And they're all terrible. They're all really underbaked. Yeah. Like, even, like, the best challenge of the season was probably the Lotus Flower Challenge. And that one I think the first one more. was the best. And we didn't even get to see all of it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Forgot about that. Because it had... It had individual stations of You're puzzles right. and things that happened mid-challenge. <sighs> mm. Anyway, we're sorting fish. There are four types of fish. Barramundi, Trevally, Squid, and Silverfish. And that's it. You just sort the fish. Sort them in the right buckets. Don't yeah. drop them. Jeff says something during the challenge where he's like, "Don't you don't want to be digging around the sand. Don't drop any. You might not think I'm watching, but I am. And I'm like... I'm Jeff, I'm sure you are, but your eyes cannot be everywhere at once. It's true. And that sand is really getting kicked up. Yeah. Like, at one point, Chewigon goes and gets one under the table, and I'm like, if they hadn't done that, would Jeff have even known that was there? There's no count. There's way too many fish, fish to count. There's no scale. <laughs> and I think he realized this as the challenge was going on. Yeah, he had to, like, warn them. Like, if I threaten them, then they'll be more careful, right? <laughs> right? 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 And this is the part where, like... They're, they're trying to move so fast and they're trying to get everything in the right place. They're like, okay, these hands clearly aren't working. Let me just shove as many fish in my mouth. Stephanie starts by like shoving seven fish in her mouth. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Did you catch the different strategies for the different tribes though? No. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong and maybe it wasn't a tribe by tribe strategy, but I noticed the members of Chewy Gone each were committed to one type of fish. I did see that, yes. On Souk Jai, it seemed like they grabbed as many fish as they could and sorted as they walked up. Oh, I see. Which I think is part of the reason why Chewy Gon fucking smoked them. Makes sense to me. Yep. Yeah. And you can shove more fish in your mouth if all the fish are the same size. Tyler, <laughs> your sex tape. <laughs> so yeah, we get through it. It's, it's not really close. Chewy Gon, like, gets out to an early lead and just dominate. And yeah. then we have them all, we're like, we have them all, right? Right? Check. Jeff, Jeff, check. And he's like, no, no, no. There's one that's wrong. Find it. Where's Waldo this shit? And then they have a terrible shot of them, like, grabbing the right fish from the wrong bin and putting it in another one. In slow motion. And he's yeah. like, that's the one I was looking for. That's it. That's the one. I would have, and they would never show us, but I would have loved to so we would have grabbed one from a different bin and then like, oh, there was two. There was two of them, actually. Uh, I knew that. <laughs> you all knew I knew that. <laughs> so yeah, 
Chewing on wins immunity for the second time. Also, Jeff fucking hates Clay. I'm convinced of this now. After the vote last episode, where he's like, dude, come on. And then he yelled at Clay during this challenge <laughs> as well. I don't remember what he yelled at him about, unfortunately, but it was hilarious. It was. Oh, it was, he was throwing the fish. Oh, yeah. And he's like, Clay, stop throwing the fish. You're making twice as much work for yourself. <laughs> but like, it is really like chastising tone, yeah. not in this like fun, jovial tone. Yeah. <laughs> Just pile on Clay. I don't even care. Just go, go get him. So yeah, that happens. We sit on the beach at Sukjai, and Stephanie regrets not leaving. Like, ooh, I had my chance. Yep. And now I'm in the hot seat. Yep. And she is correct. And then we continue to go on racist rants about Shein. But Ra really, Rob hits a double whammy. This racist and misogynistic. Yeah. But also, Stephanie's in on this, so I'm like, okay. Mm I mean. Women can hate women, too. I'm aware. <laughs> but, like, the, the point of contention was that she was eating with her fingers yeah. in the food when there were utensils provided. And you're like, why does that matter? Yeah, well, the part about the Rob being misogynistic was him being like, Ken told me all the girls in the city are like this. Like, I never want to go to a city at all, then. And being like, what, what, what guy would want to bring her home if she acts like that? She's a girl. <laughs> Her, her purpose is to be subservient, duh. Like, that's how it came across from Rob. But hold on here. Let me just go back. And the items that they won at Sukjai from that auction. Mm -hmm. A hamburger and fries. Mm -hmm. Do you eat use utensils to eat hamburger and fries? No. It must be the ice cream sundae. And, like, you can't really scoop and grab much for ice cream sundae. So I'm assuming, like, she used her finger to, like, get some chocolate off the bottom of the bowl. Yeah. What does that matter? Well, of course she did. Yeah. Not only are you dumb, you're wrong. <laughs> Unless you're, like, getting mad at her for eating the grubs with her fingers. No one said Rob was a smart man. <laughs> and then Hatred is often not smart. Yeah. Or well-informed. It's just, it's gross. I hated this whole thing. And then she's a girl and she's even doing this stuff. Like, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Anyway, that happens. And then we have my favorite part of the episode is Shean realizes that, like, yes, she's out of place. Mm -hmm. She is the only minority on this island. Yep. And she's aware of this. Mm-hmm. And she feels uncomfortable. And she's like, sometimes I just, I just want to cry because I, I feel, I know that people don't like me. And I know that the differences are palpable for everyone. And Jake sits her down and like, Jake is so sweet in this yeah. section. Yeah. He's like, you want to cry? And cry. Well, he, he, he brightens her up in the, before saying that, by being like, what I do when I see people walking around talking, worried they're talking about me. As I look at them, I go, look at that. They must like me so much. They're willing, they're willing to sit over there and just talk about me all day. <laughs> it's so wholesome. It's so nice. And then, like, she's like, I just sometimes I don't want to cry. And he's like, that's okay. You can cry. You're allowed to cry. I'm like, damn, Jake. From you? That's, I didn't expect that. I feel like Jake and Clay got freaky Friday'd. Like, <laughs> I feel like they should be in, like, their personalities should be in the other one's bodies. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's really it. And that's why the First Impressions episode is so fun. <laughs> exactly. We will be wrong 100% of the time. 99% of the time. And then this tribal. 
in this tribal. Interesting tribal. Interesting tribal. T uh, tell me your thoughts. Tell me w what got to you. So I loved Jeff just calling Rob a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> just being like, hey, but you're not, you're the one sitting here. Like, you are at tribal right now. He's like, yeah, but are we? He's like, yeah, yes. You've won one more immunity challenge than them. That's not that many in the grand scheme of things. There have been some bad eggs in Survivor. People that, like, make production a headache and make Jeff get in terrible spots. I He is one of them. It feels like it. Yeah. He is... Jeff clearly does not like him. And the argument shows that. But I'm just so happy that we've kind of moved past that and that we don't need those people anymore. Mm. Sometimes it's just... The, the scheming and the manipulating is one thing. Yes. Being an asshole is another. And Survivor 40 plus... For, yeah. Well, I mean, kind of 40. 41. 41 plus has kind of moved past the idea that we need assholes on here just to stir up drama. I mean, even like Boston Rob is kind of an asshole. Boston Rob is very much an asshole yeah. in our cases. But he's not like vile. Yeah. Like everything about Rob is just... This Rob is, like, gross and vile, and I, like, he, he, he's a stereotype of himself, really. <laughs> he was a skater boy. He said, see you later, boy. Well, <laughs> no, Stephanie said, see you later, boy. <laughs> she wasn't good enough for him. Her speech in Tribal Stephanie's was horrible. She buried her own grave. Yeah! Not just dug, she just, like, filled in the sand over top. She's so delusional. In that speech, and I, I liked her in the beginning of the episode, I was like, oh, she's coming around, she's starting to... But, like, clearly Stephanie is the type of the person that is the protagonist of their own life. Mm -hmm. Like, they... And, like, you should be the protagonist of her life, but she's... I guess what I'm trying to say is she's the protagonist of the world from her point of view. So, like, everything is about her. So, when she's on the outside, it's not, oh, I need to, er like, earn my way with these people. It's... Let's watch them and wait for them to get better. It's so socially unaware. Yeah. That like, yes, clearly you were on the outside looking in, but how can you say, no, I'm still in the right. They all got better by doing other things later. You're like, oh, you were so close. You're so close. You almost had it. Yep. And have you ever been on the Reddit, I am the protagonist? No. Or something like that. It's it's somewhere along that lines where like people are so either self-absorbed or just don't see beyond themselves that it puts them in terrible situations. Hilarious. And it's so funny. It's like karma to another level. It's it's ugh, okay. That happened. Stephanie digs her own grave. And then we get a vote and Rob is still an asshole in his yeah. his vote. I hate him so much. At least, I will say, at least, I, I hate him, but at least he has bravado, so it's at least kind of fun to watch. Sure. Versus, like, Clay, who I'm like, oh, I, at the times that you're being awful, you're not even, like, fun to hate. <laughs> like, Rob's at least fun to hate, you know? Yeah. Even though he's fucking terrible. I see what you're saying. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we have a four to two Stephanie vote over Sheehan. Oh yeah, that's what you were saying with Rob set being awful again. Yeah, he says he's like, "You're awful and I hate you." Nothing personal. Nothing personal. It was all personal. Was, I'm sorry, Rob. Do you not know what personal means? If you said, "Oh, I'm voting you out because I, I just uh, we don't click. Nothing yeah. personal. I don't like you. You're 
You're annoying. You're nothing annoying. personal. Nothing personal. That is unbelievably <laughs> personal. Thank you. Uh, what an ass. Steven, I'm going to play a game with you real quick. Okay, Very quickly. On. Okay. Soup dry members. Okay. Rob, Jake, Sheehan, Ken, Stephanie up until this episode, Penny. Mm-hmm. Who's the seventh? Who's the seventh? Who's their seventh member? Oh. I guess they only have six. They only have six. I miscounted. Who's their sixth member? You list... Hold on. Give me that list again. I'm pretty sure you listed six. Sheehan, Jake, Rob, Stephanie, Ken, Penny. Yeah. There's, there is a seventh. No, you listed six. Aaron. They have someone oh, on their tribe named right. Aaron. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get to is that, like, this woman is invisible. But, like, wait, did she vote? Because we only have six votes. We we only read six votes. We didn't need the seven. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. That's that's why. <laughs> so I, I guess the vote is five to two. Yes. I. That's my fault. No, whatever. It's fine. My whole point was... Who's Aaron? Who is Aaron? Yeah. Why has she gotten zero screen time? Uh, because Survivor says so. I guess so. Or she's just not very good at this game. She's, or she's not awful enough or divisive enough to get screen time. She's getting less screen time than Nick in season two. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> and she's she's not like there's as far as I know, there's nothing wrong with her that she's being purple. No, what is that? Okay, so I've heard that before. Purple yeah. edit. I'm I'm where does that come from? I don't know what the exact terminology is from, but it's where they either like did something that got them out of the game or, like, was so bad that they just, like, we're not going to show anything from them. Oh, wow, okay. We, we're we trying to bury them in the edit, essentially. Mm, okay. Like, we want as little as possible from this person. I'm interested to see, because I know somebody will write in when we get to that episode. There's always a reason for being purple. Interesting, okay. Or so, there should be a reason for so, being purple. I mean, so it's not like Nick or Amber in season two where it's, like, you're just not being shown for some yeah. reason, and there's nothing terrible that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, how would Stephanie do in Modern Survivor? I think she could actually do pretty well, mm-hmm. as long as she changed that one thing about herself, right? And I actually think, maybe even on a different tribe. Like, if she had switched tribes, she might have done better, but, like, this tribe is not for her. And there's a lot of problems with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was... I think, like, season, episode one or episode two, I was like, did somebody, like, creep on her or something? Because she's sleeping down the beach and it's weird. I don't know. If that is something that she carried forward, horrible. She'd be a first or maybe second vote if you had someone bad on your tribe. Otherwise, I mean, she's good at the challenges, and the people that like her seem to really like her. Yeah. Rob and Jed were, like, stuck by her. Yeah. So, probably, like, a mid-pre-merge, like, just after the merge vote. But she has potential. Yeah, I like that she was she was all in like, oh, they just look so much fun over at the other tribe. I'm like, well, you're not... You're, cor- you're wrong. You're not correct, but I see where you would get that. They are fun. Like, at the start they were fun. They're not fun anymore. And they, they still click really well during the challenge. Yeah. Yeah, and my protagonist of the episode is Sheehan. That makes sense. Sheehan drives a lot of the dialogue for her tribe, and she's the one who talks to us. Yeah. And I need to update my winner pick. Yeah, you do. So, give me a, give me a, give me some thoughts. Shoot some shit. Okay, the three that I'm between 
Four. I'll, okay. I'll, these are the four people that jump out to me right now. Okay. Are Ken, Sheehan, Brian, and Helen. Okay. I don't think Helen's going to win, but I think she's going to go decently far. I could see three of those other four being in the final five. Gotcha. I don't like the fact that I think Brian can make <laughs> it that far, but I do think he could. I think that the alliance on of five over on Suk Jai is a little stronger than is being led on. I remember Penny in a confessional saying that's what the majority wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I could see a world where like Jake, Ken, and Sheehan are like the are like a three that go to the end and then Brian's like the fourth. All of that to say, I think it's Ken. I think Ken's my Ken's my pick. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for making a pick. I would like it to be Sheehan, and if not her then Jake. But but it's probably gonna be Ken. Okay. Alright. Well, we don't hear any more from Stephanie. Stephanie's not coming back. Yeah. There's not honestly a whole lot about her. And, like, that's fine. Like, she's, she was a lecturer, or is, is or was a lecturer at a university. This is a really bad article. On... <laughs> at a university? Yeah, it just says she is currently a lecturer at the university. <laughs> which one? Yes. Yes. When you go to university, she's your first lecturer. Doesn't matter which university you go to. <laughs> okay. Got married. Spend their time in Arkansas during the school year, Colorado during the summer. So maybe University of Arkansas? Maybe. I don't know. And then Arkansas she was... Arkansas universities? Well, not good ones. The Razorbacks. Ah, yes. Yes. And in 2010, attended the 10-year anniversary party. Oh, of the show in general. Correct. I was thinking of, like, of the season. I was like, that math doesn't math. Yeah. Weird that she was the oldest woman on Tsukjai. They're all very young. They're all very young, but she's not that, like... Yeah, but think Penny, Aaron, and Sheehan are the other three. Yeah, I guess. Wow. Okay. She's also the first woman voted off of Soup Jai. Yeah. But only the second person. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> that That is actually a note on the Survivor Wiki. It was the first female voted out of Soup Jai. Like, thank you. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> cool. Like I said, there's not a whole lot there, and I'm not going to dig through pages and pages of google to find anything that like small little bits of information that may be out there if you want to tell me more tell me more out there you guys have much better information than i do those are fun yeah so send me that should we close this out no all right let's just sit here bumper That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us. I, I just like to point that out. Like, you guys don't have to be here, and you choose to spend your time with us, and that's super awesome. You can do a lot of other things with your time. Yeah, I like to. This is our. We'll call it like our mid-season bump. If you haven't rated or reviewed us on whatever service you're using this, please do so. Please do. If you already have, make another account and do it again. No, nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Like, I'm not, don't go to extra steps, but if you're just like, hey, oh yeah, I can click three buttons and like give you five stars, that's cool. We like that. If you're on Instagram, our Instagram page is up and kind of functioning. That's true. I'm catching up on the backlog of memes. I'm right now mostly through season two. Jared's cranking out those memes. Just gotta uh, cranking memes all day, man. (laughs) Yeah, so like I said, be on the lookout. There's 
possibility that schedules might be flipped here in the next couple weeks, but we're going to do our best to get episodes out as we can. Yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully still be able to stick to a regular release yeah. schedule. The, the next two weeks are going to be nuts for me, but then after that we should be fine. Okay. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. You know. I know. <laughs> Anything you'd like be, to promote? Being prepared for both of your rehearsals. Anything you'd like to promote? I would like to promote the... It's called The Normal Album by Will Wood. It's great. I've listened it all the way through several times. It's kind of like unhinged classic rock. Or like that like 1950s like piano like rock. Okay. Like uh, what's his... Uh, like Billy Joel or Elton John? Yeah, but yeah, you could compare it to one of those. Okay. But it's also like totally unhinged and very exploratory and very fun. It's called The Normal Album. It's not that. It's not normal? No. <laughs> it's a play on words, Stephen. Or it's ironic, I guess. All right. Cool. <laughs> I, I've i been cranking through The Umbrella Academy, which is, is a fun show. It's, again, what if the superheroes weren't perfect? What if they were just kind of, like, raised to be superheroes and then their life falls apart? So... It's fun from that aspect. Watching them kind of re-up every season is pretty hilarious because every season is a world-ending threat. (laughs) You're just like, okay, here's a world-ending threat. Well, cool. We solved or avoided that. Let's go... uh, Though, I've only seen... I've seen season one. I've seen like a couple episodes of season two. Okay. I like the way that season one ends. I'm not going to spoil anything. But it doesn't feel like... Like, it doesn't feel like, ah, we cleanly solved that, and now we're on to the next thing. It still feels tied together. Never does, Jared. Never does. (laughs) Cool. For my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. My host, Steven. Jared. said that so seductively. I'm in a weird mood. I talked a lot today. This podcast (laughs) is a, this episode is a lot of Jared. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.